Hello. My name is Ismay. You may know me from such podcasts as Crit Chat and Half Damage. Usually, I would be hosting this podcast, but this time, I'm very, very sick, so my beautiful, wonderful, talented co-host decided to give me a break and host it so that I could, you know, chill out and not use my ruined voice. And in return, they took my trust and abused it in the worst kind of way, so welcome to my nightmare. I needed to get out in front of it and say, in no way do I endorse the overuse of puns and they made me sit through this because the bastards. Thank you for letting me take a week off, but also bastards. I'm so sorry for what follows. Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every week to discuss the important things in life. Like how Ismay isn't here this time around, and we can fully pun the entire time. So be prepared, everybody. This week, we have Alfred Clark, also known as Penny Blue. More like Punny Blue. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) That's what I like. Uh, The great and talented Robbie. Hello, feeling punderful. Caillou, who conveniently also goes by Caillou on the internet. I, these puns are going to kill me. I'm in hell. I'm in hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be good. I'm not looking forward and, to it. And you also have me, your host and pun master, Emily Kuklinski, who is also known as the Punny Emily on the Twitterverse. And uh, welcome. Uh, so other than just puns, uh, what we're structuring today's podcast about is some actual advice. Uh <laughs> But not so much for DMs. Sorry, what? I know. So, like, Dungeon Masters, like, get out. You're, you're like, I don't want you here. We're, we're going to just <laughs> talk to your... I don't, I don't want you here anymore. Typical audience. We're not catering to you anymore. <laughs> because this week, we're going to be giving uh, player advice from the Dungeon Master perspective. Which, it's nice to be able to have us talk about ourselves for a little bit and what our needs are. So... Players, you have a part to play in uh, our discussion. Oh <laughs> so uh, one of the first things that is probably the most important is how players are supposed to be active in the d and d Uh And I believe, Robbie, you had some things that you wanted to talk about to like spice some things up in the dungeon, ma- dungeon zones, right? <laughs> I believe... Uh, Kai's got some points on the activity of players, but I am totally on board with them. Well, we'll, we'll throw it to Kai then. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, no, um, so best. Hey, me. That's me. Hey. Uh, <laughs> basically just like the idea that uh, occasionally you come across players who they want to play their true neutral sort of uh, rogue who does, who, they only care about money and stuff like that, but not, don't really care that much about money. You know, they... I don't know, just sometimes I see characters who just don't want to leave town and go off and explore a dungeon, and I don't really know why. I mean, the whole point of D and D is you like you go off and you fight dragons and explore dungeons and meet meet the DM halfway. Like your character should be willing to do that, you know, and lead the adventurous lifestyle. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, something I've come across. Money is a perfectly good motivator, but like, yeah. 
if 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 you're if you're playing the kind of character who you're going to retire at level three because you managed to get enough money to buy the blacksmith that you always wanted, then maybe you're <laughs> maybe you've maybe you've come maybe you've made a flaw. Uh, so the thing is too, like it's 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 all right to like um, do your one last mission and then you're done and you retire that character too. Like you you can like leave a character behind before death if you really want to, but still, I think the character having a reason they're adventuring and a reason they're with the particular group they're with goes mm. a long way to making it a more pleasant role-playing experience. Because if there's one character who has to be talked into literally every adventure you go mm. on, then half your session is just about this one character as opposed yeah. to everyone on the table. Uh, de- that's definitely something to avoid is, yeah. Like 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 people will play like the paladin and then, you know, well, you know, I'll, I, as long as I put up a bit of resistance to the idea. But then, but then, yeah, if you have like one paladin who has to be talked into every like slightly naughty thing that you do, and then you also have like <laughs> some self-absorbed rogue who has to be talked into helping people whenever you want to help people. And like, you just end up having to ju- <laughs> have these like 20 minute discussions every time you want to do anything at all so if uh if a care if if you're a player and you're in this mindset that you do want to play somebody who's a little bit more close-minded how how do you do that without making your dm have to work harder i think that i think the easiest way to sort of do that sort of thing is play with other characters who are have similar-ish minds it's not exactly the same and of course, that may not be the dynamic at the table. Um, so I think I think we're going to give a piece of advice for DMs, but have a session zero where everybody can lay out their expectations and, and understand what's going to happen in the game so that you can sort of know what the tone is and who's going to be doing what and all that sort of stuff. You can always suggest things as well, just out of character, um, like ask some if if you explain why you you don't think your character is motivated to do something then uh it goes a long way towards and, and and well if 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 you can describe why you're not motivated to do something and then suggest a reason that the situation could be different and that would give you motivation i guess um i think that would go that would go a long way towards making it easier on like the dm like the you you shouldn't be relying on the dm to always be giving you sorting out all of like each but if if you all have different motivations then the players are sort of i think you're responsible to for um suggesting ways for your character to be uh on board and you can you can come up with you can come up with ideas pretty easily i remember um i thought about till just now but i remember i played a uh a trickster cleric a little while back and he was really he only cared about himself and uh, if there was money or maybe just a fun experience involved, he might do it, but otherwise he wasn't too keen on putting himself in harm's way or at least doing anything t- without too much effort, which sounds like this character I'm telling you not to play. But um, that's where I started, and when I was introduced to the game, I was in a um, life-and-death situation, so I sort of had to go with them. And um, as I, I, I just sort of decided that uh, this character, Flibbin, he just started to really like these people. And so he'd just follow them because he was great friends with them. Um, inexplicably, they're all idiots. <laughs> and um, <laughs> But he would just have these moments where he's just like, what am I doing? Why am I with these people? But then like, he'd realise he's having so much fun and he'd keep going anyway. 
So yeah, I think that's yeah. kind of uh, why I was keen to say like have a reason you're adventuring and have a reason you're with this particular group of people because like don't get me wrong character conflict can be so much fun like so much fun but if every session you're like well maybe i'll just leave them and go off and do my own thing because actually there's no real reason why i would be with these people then it kind of loses any dramatic potential if that's just always the case mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes, uh, if I if like the character Flamin really didn't care about something, not a major mission, but maybe like they wanted to go off and talk to the guard post or something, he just wouldn't mm-hmm. go. And I'd sort of sit out because it was the appropriate thing for my character to do. And uh, I I had as just as much fun watching everybody else play as as uh, as I would have if I'd gone. Yeah, and I I know we like talking about improv a lot, but I'm going to go to an acting technique I learned while in while in the college. Uh, and it's that if you're an actor playing a character, you want to write out what your character's, like, overarching goals are. So, like, what's their short-term, what are their long-term, and, like, what drives them? Um, I have a player right now who's kind of struggling, and she always thinks that she's making the wrong decisions about what her character would do, and I, I, I feel like I always have to remind her, like, well, no... It's, if you look at what your character wants in the game and you can justify it, then your character is going to start making different and more interesting decisions along the way. And I I think that's something that helps, that helps players a little bit. And that ties in with improv with yes anding. It's like, yes, I can do this. Or no, I, I have to sit out on this, but I'm going to do this instead. And you can justify pretty much anything your character does because it's your character anybody comes along and says mm-hmm. like that's not what your character would do but people people in real life do inexplicable things for seemingly unknowable reasons all the time you know like what? people are weird they do odd stuff <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes people like talking about how much they love centaur sex even though they're like what the hell <laughs> i didn't know that this was a part of me before <laughs> And you lean into it, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm falling for you, Mr. Horseman. (laughs) Um, So what do you guys think if, like, if a player's trying to struggle to figure out where they fit in a campaign, what do you think are some strong motivators that they can think of, other than money or fame, which I think people, people usually tend to go for money, which is a hard one, hashtag capitalism. Uh, or love. Um, what are some like interesting motivators you've had in your games that players have been able to grow with? Revenge is a good one. Um, <laughs> of course, it only it only goes as long as until you do finally kill that red dragon that killed your whole family and all that. Because then, what are you left with? But that can be a really cool, interesting thing to have in your game. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, you, I I quite like duty if you're if you have people who are members of a some kind of order or larger group um i had uh my character the first character i ever had uh was uh like an ex-mercenary veteran uh, but had um there was a creature that if you looked at it uh, and heard its song then you would forget it existed and uh when it uh killed people they everyone ceased to remember them uh was the kind of thing um 
and uh so i so i think in in one of our early sessions i discovered the, these like discovered that i had um you know previously been here uh and i'd previously fought this monster and previously lost a lot of friends who i no longer remembered and yeah and so it, it, i guess that is i guess that's essentially revenge isn't it <laughs> As a little bit <laughs> but you could you could like the whole idea of duty you could be sworn to protect the ideals of good if you're a paladin or even just somebody who wants to do good things you know you could just be compassionate about people uh and you just want mm-hmm. to go out and save people and i like the the notion with duty as well and i suppose it's the same with revenge and with a lot of these other kind of big things they can kind of be on a grand scale or on a very personal scale like mm-hmm. you can have to follow the duty of like the chivalric code of your order or you made a promise that one time that you really have to keep and I like that for revenge as well. You can be revenging your entire village, or there was that one time that guy just pissed you off. Um, there's some <laughs> fantasy setting, I forget which one it is, but maybe someone else will remember it, where I believe dwarves have books of grudges, where they like write Sounds down... like uh, Warhammer. What is where, they write down Wait, dwarves everyone, have a burn book? <laughs> everyone who's ever slightly pissed them <laughs> off. Um... <laughs> Which is the kind of way you could a way you could do revenge without it having necessarily an end point. <laughs> I'm sorry, now I'm just imagining mean girls with all dwarven cast. <laughs> Dear diary, Gimli was such a bitch. <laughs> uh, no, but I really I I really, really like that though. I've I've actually never thought of using that more specifically. Like having a personal book of grudges is extremely good. It's and, just getting longer and longer. Yeah, yeah. Longer. And whenever you meet a new character, you just like roll a dice to just, to see whether or not his name is in the book <laughs> from your past. Yeah. How about like a grunge book where they just put in all their favorite grunge bands, <laughs> and their goal is to like tour with them forever. Oh, now I want to play in that game. I'm just gonna put that in my book. Make sure to have a grunge book. Smiley face stars. <laughs> and. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I also really like it when players like hand me mysteries. Like, yes, absolutely. I, I I love it more when players give me nuggets that I can choose to play with, and it's like a discovery. Because I think I think that's another thing is that players think that they just need to have like a whole bio written out when really it's like no, just ask, just write a question, and I'll try to figure out an answer for you. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, that, that's that's just a good general point. I think when writing backgrounds, maybe like like don't put the details in. I guess and um, yeah, and have yeah, leave questions rather than <laughs> three pages of answers. I think there's a parallel between um, the DM and the player in this respect, where the DM should leave room in their world for the characters, for the various just fucked up crap they'll end up doing (laughs) Um, (laughs) and the players could serve to leave room in their backstories for the dm to play with um i used to do back when i was kind of starting with the group of players i play with now uh, after each session i'd send them like a backstory question and these would usually generate like new npcs that i could play with or maybe fears for the characters i could play on later um and then some of those because they're personal to characters, DMs can then play with them a bit more, um, as opposed to, oh, 
we're playing this session and you bump into a dwarf and it turns out they're from your hometown and it turns out they're in your grunge book and they really like Nirvana. So, <laughs> yeah. It smells like depressed teen spirit up in here, am I right? That wasn't a good joke. Ismay, cut that out. I don't know what I was doing there. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to I wanna dive off really quick. And uh, do a Wayne's World like, because uh, we've been talking a lot about like what players can do as a character to make the dungeon master's life a little bit easier. But I also want to kind of explore more of that relationship. And because now I can actually read my notes, <laughs> um, I would like to throw it to Robbie. You you had some kind of like almost out of character ish advice two for players is that right did i read my notes yeah. correct this time <laughs> <laughs> so everyone works in bringing kind of D to life i didn't mean to say that in such a cheesy way um but <laughs> everyone contributes um and everyone's bringing stuff to the table however almost always not necessarily always but almost always the dm is doing the most work in prepping things um and i think there are easy ways for players to like lighten the load of the dm and if you lighten the load of the dm you end up with better games and more often games because dms aren't burned out and dms don't have to organize them um so like a player taking responsibility for organizing sessions can do a huge amount in terms of giving the dm more time uh and a better time even just stuff like, if you know you're going to have food, maybe come up with a plan beforehand, or bring stuff for enough stuff for the DM and watch as they <laughs> rapidly try to eat it while you guys squabble about why you won't go on the quest because that's the only time a DM isn't talking. Um, <laughs> there's just lots of like little things you can be you can do to just kind of lighten that load, where because the DM is hopefully putting. A lot of work and a lot of themselves into this story um and you're you're doing the same by playing your character uh, and i don't mean to kind of like shit on that in any way but like just little things can help out and really make make it a better experience for everyone at the table yeah i i i my most recent game i elected someone to be the schedule wrangler and holy jesus it has been a revelation <laughs> there's there's also a kind of there's a kind of um like emotional tax to being the schedule wrangler as the dm as well because whenever someone's like i can't make it because of this reason then you're like oh you think that's more important than my D D game that i'm dming <laughs> and it, yeah it's just a, it, yeah. it just it feels like a weird 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 kick in the gut <laughs> But um, yeah, so I think being insulated from that is pretty pretty helpful. Uh, do you guys ever pick your players' brains? I think because uh, I think another uh, another really beneficial thing players can do is help inspire the DM. Um, do you ever try to pick their their brains, whether you know blatantly or kind of secretively, for new arcs or story ideas for your for your games? All the time, absolutely. I'm always asking people, like, uh, just like, who's who is your family, by the way? And, like, your this magic power, where exactly does it come from? 
Because if they say they don't know, when well, hey, hey, let's 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 get crazy here, you, you know, um, it's gonna be something you don't expect, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, all all the time, like, um, just as a, it's sometimes like in the middle of games, which maybe I shouldn't do as it breaks the get flow of the game sometimes, but I don't know. Because like, um, I know I will sometimes my my D and D group is also a part of a book club that I'm a part of, and. It's nice, I think, when your players tell you what genres that they like, um, what stories yeah. they do appreciate, what they don't appreciate, because that's influenced a lot of how I construct games. One of my players really doesn't like horror, and so I try to keep like the creepy, crawly stuff out unless I'm going to make them funny or I make them into a pun uh, <laughs> to kind of like alleviate some of the tension. Um <laughs> Because <laughs> you know when you're and going... sometimes and sometimes they say that they don't like puns and I ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a non-starter. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't I can't play D and D with those kind of people. Um, but yeah, I think uh, have have you guys ever played a game where you've had like you were planning on going in one specific direction, but like input from your players on what they do or don't like is like shifted it completely or have you ever worked with a player to like build a campaign i definitely i definitely get i definitely have the kind of whole thing shift direction um usually it's for for some reason both cases for me is uh, there's a player like there'll be a player who is really into like well they'll they'll pick a character who's really into cthulhu or they'll be like you know there'll be some weird existential horror in their backstory which it just seems to be a thing that happens with every group and so it that always kind of <laughs> pulls pulls it in that direction i guess it's hard to have uh cthulhu be part of the narrative without it also being the big bad because there isn't really a bigger bad <laughs> <laughs> you can always just like have it be another bad that isn't really trying to take over the world right now this is true can i can i be honest for two seconds Mm-hmm. I, I I hate Cthulhu. I don't like HP Lovecraft, <laughs> and I feel like such a bad nerd saying it. No, I mean I'm kind of in the I'm kind of in the same boat, but all of my players are really into it. So. <laughs> oh, we we can't be friends anymore. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, no, <laughs> I, come back. I, mean, I quite like I quite I quite <laughs> I quite like Lovecraft Lovecraft's stories, but yeah, it, I find it tough in D and D. I've already been on. I've I have never, it. never read any Lovecraft. <laughs> Ooh, as as a girl who read gothic novels, I or gothic novels, you're good. <laughs> I, I know there's an argument rolling. No, but like like Lovecraft is tricky for like D and D, just because you've um the themes of Lovecraft are sort of like uh the insignificance of humanity and like the existential horror that comes through it. D and D is a game where like the um the the players are like amazing heroes and the whole story uh, story is centered around them and stuff so that's a bit dissident so you have to sort of be a bit mm. clever about it yeah there's a fine line between yeah. yeah the the kind of yeah heroic fantasy that it's kind of about it's kind of about the players being empowered um at the same time like so many of the influences of D are things that are like the universe is crazy and unknowable but i i just prefer to explore those outside of that kind of Lovecraftian thing. Like, I'm a lot more interested in, like, the kind of Conan-y, you know, the universe is mysterious, but, like, it's not like (laughs) that kind of impending doom, n-dimensional creatures weirdness, I guess. 
I'm I am interested in the question of uh like genre and how it impacts on games and knowing what your um players are into because it's something I've kind of dabbled in a bit but I'm going to be doing a bit more of uh in the future because we're coming to the end of the kind of third season of my game and Ismay and I um, alternate so then we'll get the third season of her game which I'm very excited for mm. um yeah you can leave that in Ismay it's fine um <laughs> but uh <laughs> rather than going straight on to season four of my game once we kind of switch back uh i'm thinking of doing uh what i'm calling season 3.5 um where basically it's going to be in my world but they're going to make new characters and it's going to be a new thing and i've come up with kind of three or four different kind of campaigns it could be um that are all like different genres and kind of have different um levels of like nice. combat or exploration and stuff like that um one is a pirate one which i'm very excited about just now um, <laughs> but um so i'm quite <laughs> interested to kind of give them a bit more of a choice in it rather than me just reacting kind of like picking up on it and reacting to it as as we go being like no here are four choices they're probably going to be like this what do you guys want to do um, and I'm not really prepared for them all coming back with different answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's really cool. I, yeah, I think it would be nice. It's, it's. I think it's probably a good idea to have explicit talks about um, genre. Uh, side note: uh, the pirate one is the only correct option. Who isn't excited <laughs> about playing a pirate game? Treasure Island campaign. <laughs> yeah, but that brings up another interesting question, if I do say so myself. Where, if you're playing a genre game as a player. How do you try to make a character that fits within the genre, but is also still your own? Or should your decisions on characters completely rely on the genre at hand? I think the good way to do that is just is just talk to your DM and the other players. Just like uh, I always like to do um, character creation as part of session zero. You don't, they don't you don't have to. With me, um, if you're playing, you can create a character beforehand if you really want to. But I, I like to make characters with my players. And so we can talk about where they exist in the world and why and why um and why like being boring as a human isn't really boring because in my world humans are rare, so maybe pick a halfling instead. Stuff like that. Like I would say like if you're playing within a genre, like I I think that there's still room to wiggle in and out and choose other characters that don't necessarily fit in with it. I don't know if you guys have ever played gunslingers. I've never played a gunslinger, but you can still introduce that into your high fantasy setting for D anD D. Absolutely. Have you guys ever had a character that's kind of been outside of a realm or something for the game that you were playing, and how did you guys deal with that? Uh, I've got a um, I've got a uh, a game I'm playing right now, and my sister's playing a gnomish artificer, but she's playing a homebrew version of artificer where you um, where she stomps around inside like a powered mech, uh, and it, it sort of um, it it, it works because like. Uh, Gnomes come from this sort of other realm and they're highly sophisticated and have a lot of advanced technology, but it's really totally distant and that's part of the world. You just sort of have to make that part of what she she just she walks into town and with her giant mech and people are like, What the hell is this? And they don't quite know how to approach it. And um <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's like yeah, I think you know, I guess that's it, it kind of it, it's it creates a slightly different story to what you were expecting but it's still you know yeah i mean it still works um 
yeah it's it, i think it's tough in general i think yeah i mean i, th- I think that it, it would be fair to advise players to read fiction and watch a couple movies within the genre that you want to play in i guess so that everyone's kind of informed i guess if if we're going along the line as line the uh topic of giving advice to players but yeah i think i think reimagining i think you should you should try to go from something that is within the genre and like play with it as opposed to just ignoring it and then fitting it in later i guess i do like when trying to kind of come up with a character that kind of plays with genre conventions i love going on tv tropes <laughs> and <laughs> looking up whatever kind of tropes are vaguely related to the thing and it's not the most productive use of your time <laughs> because you will read half an hour's worth of them and get maybe two ideas but uh, you get to see like interesting takes on the tropes and the stuff you definitely want to avoid which can be as useful as the stuff you want to emulate yeah the thing is as a dm if somebody comes to a crazy concept you can't say no um just be gentle <laughs> uh, yeah don't yell at them and be like that's the worst idea i've ever heard johnson get out of my office even if it is the worst idea, just <laughs> this is your third ridiculous character this month <laughs> Results. <laughs> Turn in your badge and your D twenty. Oh, oh, oh! That's sad. I just see this this <clears throat> tiny D and D player, just like really big eyed, being like, "No, not my, not my D twenty, boss. Anything. Take my D 4 He's like, "Nope, need the big one." Who uses D fours? <laughs> You're not on the force anymore. D twenty on the table. And he puts it down, he looks sad, he turns away, and you see that there's a one oh. on the dice. <laughs> <laughs> also, I liked how you yes. said you're not on D4 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks. Nice on your part, too. Cheese, <laughs> really, guys? Uh, uh, I'm just having the best oh, time. <laughs> uh, so... A player too and you want to start having these conversations with your dm or you've been playing the game for a while you've been making your dm some grilled cheese sandwiches um making sure that they have finger foods that they can eat a little bit more stealthily while you're playing the game if they're playing along and they still feel like they're having some like issues whether it's like with the dm's style or whether it's with like how their character is developing or being integrated into the story what do you think are the best ways a player can open up that conversation with their DM? And then uh, let's go ahead and start off with Kai. Like, wh- what are the best techniques to kind of, like, get to you without getting under getting to you? Well, if it's with me, literally just ask. Um, as, a, as a DM, I feel like it's my role to, to make the game fun. Like, as a DM, you're facilitating the fun of the group. So if, if it, the game's not fun, like, well, that's that's a serious issue and... We've got to, like, just, 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 literally just start the conversation. Just say, hey, like, what's, it's something's wrong. I just feel like DMs should be willing to help with that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Uh, how about you, Alfred? Have you ever had that happen before? Or how, how do you like being approached about that? So, like, if, if a player is not getting what they want out of the game. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know what to say other than, um, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the obvious, <laughs> like, talk to me answer. Are there any other apps? Yeah. If, if like, a player is shy Hmm. or 
I, I always think it's always best to be very direct because it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, a, you're going to have a bad time if, if you don't tell anybody how you're feeling. Um, and I find if you talk to, if like as a player, you just kind of talk to the other players about what you're feeling about, it just becomes cyclical and, uh, you can't really control how the other players talk about what you said. So like, if you tell Johnny that you're not feeling great about it, and then Johnny tells the DM, they might make it sound a lot more harsh than you were implying. But mm, yeah. yeah, I think that's the most direct route is always the best route. Yeah, if you are shy and you're worried that about conf- like causing a confrontation when you approach DM, just DM, just just sort of think, just uh, your DM should be there as like a friend. Uh, and if they're not, well, that's another issue again, and maybe you don't want to play with them you know if you have an antagonistic relationship it's probably probably don't play in that group um unfortunately and that sucks but uh in in ideal circumstances your dm is your friend and coming to them with this sort of idea shouldn't it shouldn't really be a confrontation ideally Mm -hmm. uh you should you probably be all right yeah i mean i mean going through another player definitely is sort of i mean that that's going to result in something that's (laughs) more more hurtful and conflicty than just talking directly to the DM. The if there's something that you so want, you're hoping the DM will change. Like hearing that, I, you know, a player saying to me that they're not happy, they're not enjoying for this the game for this reason or something, or they would like something to change, is not really, you know, upsetting or hurtful at all. But if I hear from another player, if another player is like, "Well, so and so is not enjoying the game," because <laughs> uh, then that's gonna be that's gonna be much worse. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So Robbie, what do you think? Just for the fun of it. What's the worst way to tell your dungeon master that you're not <laughs> that you think that they're poo? I think the worst way involves hiring a puppet show, three clowns, <laughs> and littering the floor with D fours so it's like spikes. Oh god! Oh, oh, Are you managed to make that. a floor covered in Legos even worse? <laughs> Is that the twist? Are the spikes made out of Legos? <laughs> well, yes. we'll we'll see. You'll have to wait and see if one of your players gets displeased with you, and then you'll find out. now. Hello, everyone. This is made for the middle of the podcast break chat right now. Here to tell you that everyone is wrong, and the worst way that you can tell your DM that you don't like their style is to stage an elaborate illness so that your DM comes on your podcast and you're not there, and your co-hosts subtly imply that you hate their DMing skills. I'm sorry, that's not true, Robbie. I love you very much. You're a great DM. I'm sorry that I did a ruse. I did a ruse and a bamboozle. Whatever. Anyway, thank you so much to uh, Alfred and Emily for taking over for a little bit. Um, I gave them some grief at the beginning for the puns, which I was right to do. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very busy right now. I've got my two jobs, got two podcasts to edit, and I'm in the middle of a great and terrible sickness. So yeah, it, uh, thank you so much to for them to uh, like take over for a little while. Uh, we had Emily's takeover this week. Next week, you're going to have Alfred delighting your eardrums with his episode. So uh, plugs this week. Uh, you're going to have both Alfred and Kai talking at the end. Uh, Alfred has his channel over on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash pennyblue. Uh, it's great. It's awesome. 
and he plays games and he's a sweet little angel boy. Uh, Kai also does his podcast of Brothers in Time. Uh, it is uh, him and his brother talking about uh, Doctor Who and it's it's cool and it's dope and if you like Doctor Who then you'll like it too. Uh, as for other podcasts, of course, uh, Half Damage is out now, which is the actual play Curse of Strahd D&D podcast that I am DMing uh, with uh, Emily, Alfred, Ian, and Allie and it is an absolute delight. We've done two sessions now and each one was better than the one before and oh my god like now now that the first episode is out i am able to relate to you the amazing names of you've got our our sweet cast of camilla we have fang we have poncho and no prizes for guessing who came up with the last name of sorry whoops a daisy <laughs> so uh it is i i cannot put out there enough how much you should definitely watch this fucking or listen to this goddamn podcast it's called half damage you can find it wherever you find podcasts it is so good it is so choice and even if you've played curse of strad before you've never played it quite like this so go go and have a look what that's all about uh, as for crit chat you can find us over on facebook.com forward slash crit chat and on twitter at twitter.com forward slash crit underscore chat if you want to join in the discussion and talk to us and see us put a lot of gifts and relatable D content on there um if normally if you do like a little mention of us or if you send us your best worst D D puns or stories or anecdotes then you'll get a little mention in this segment right here but we didn't have an episode last week so that unfortunately is not the case but yeah Give us give us a little mention either with at crit underscore chat or uh, do the hashtag crit chat and we'll get back to you and that would be dope and you can get a little, little shout out on the show. Uh, you can also find our Discord in the description of wherever you're listening to this as well as find us on our SoundCloud if you search crit chat and you can give us a like there, a follow there, a comment there, a share there. This is a word of mouth podcast. No one knows about us. That's it. That's the end of the sentence. But no, really, uh, no one, no one knows about us if you don't talk about us because we don't pay to advertise. Uh, so if you do that, that you would fall into the love in our hearts for the rest of forever, uh, and that would that would just that would just make make our days a little bit a little bit brighter, a little bit more special. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes if you search Crit Chat under podcast and leave us a five star review for the five star show and leave us a comment. It helps people know that we're here, know who we are, and shows that you know we're a podcast worth the ding dang. Also, if you want to help us out even more, you can find us on our Patreon at it's patreon.com forward slash critchat, all one word, or you can find the link in the description wherever you're listening to this. Um, and for as little as $1 a month, you can help us out. It's not a lot of money, but it genuinely helps us out so much. We have the two podcasts now that I have to uh, pay for the SoundCloud uh, accounts for, which is a lot of money when I don't have any. Um, so that would, it, for, for like a very small amount of money, it would help us out so drastically. Um, if you just donate $2 or more, then you get little behind the scenes content from, uh, from Half Damage, as well as our, our episode zero, which is an endless source of amusement for me. Like, I love that to hell and back. Uh, and yeah, it, other levels get other rewards. You should check them all out. But no matter how much or how little you donate, it is... Just you warm you warmed the holes of my heart. Um, but yeah, other than that, we will see you next Saturday for Alfred's episode, and I'll let you get back to this one, darlings. See you later. Um, I I'm going to one. I'm going to try to build off of that. Uh, and I I would say, 
uh, walking up to your DM with your D20 and saying, uh, no matter what I roll, I always crit fail with you. Oh, God. And then just punching Ow. him in the gut. <laughs> <laughs> and then also hit him. <laughs> yeah, do that. One-one punch uh, of just emotional and physical damage. Stealing <laughs> and weighting all of your DMs, D20s. You just get dice and put them in between your fingers before you punch. <laughs> yeah, I think, the, I think the most helpful way is if you just kind of don't show much interest and then you kind of... Uh, don't reply when your DM is asking you when when you're available, and uh, mm. just slowly letting the group uh, fade because they're not meeting regularly enough. Because you're not telling them whether or not you're available or whether or not you're actually enjoying it or not. And then the game just keeps going, and you, it's it's ne- it's never really over. And the DM keeps he keeps you, you, you keep trying to organize a game for everyone so that you can all have a good time, but someone's just not enjoying it, and they're not telling you. That came from a place of real hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the most cruel way. <laughs> I know that we said this is only for the players, but this is also therapy. So welcome for joining us <laughs> for our therapy group cycle. Uh, Kai, would you like to round off the, the bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but mainly the bad and the ugly for what you could do to hurt your dungeon master? I want what? to involve you in this. <laughs> oh, just be a dick, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, be like, I don't know, what Robbie said, hit him. I, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at being mean, guys. I don't know how to be mean. Don't ask me to be mean. How are you a dungeon master if you haven't put your players through meanness? Oh, that's just pretending to be mean. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is fun. <laughs> okay, we'll go back to being... I wouldn't really <laughs> I wouldn't really sick a dragon on your whole family. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I'd only pretend You're to. only a pretend orphan. It's fine. Harry Potter was one too. Yeah. It's cool. So on on a more on, on a more positive note for you, Kai. If if you're a player, I guess mm-hmm. that that relationship of like being honest and being like there for you is it goes both ways. Because I, I always hate it when you're trying to like build a scene and players have trouble staying invested or alert throughout the game because it's sometimes like a four to five hour game what are some good ways that players can practice like being engaged and being and being invested in the story uh talk in your character you know just don't just like talk in your character you don't necessarily have to do a voice if you really don't want to but it's i think it's more fun if you do and if i'm doing a voice you should do a voice too you really shouldn't (laughs) but um yeah it's like uh yeah just talking your character and just talk to your like fellow party members too like in game as opposed to out of game i i just find with some groups it's just sort of infuriating they're all sort of like i don't know it just it just sort of bugs me like it's it, it's it's all right but it's uh you can get you get you get more into it if you're if you're talking character i i always find um i found this since i started playing for the first time fairly recently it is it is really difficult to kind of stay attentive for that for four hours mm-hmm. um and you know having it making sure you all have a break halfway through and you know this kind of thing helps a lot uh, I, I find that i really had to kind of um it was a very active decision that i had to make to start visualizing everything as it was being described to me because if i'm listening to something or reading like i'm not i'm not having to make this active decision to visualize things uh because 
uh, all of my attention is there so it's i i kind of you you know you kind of automatically just kind of visualize what's going on and that that works fine for D D. but when you're going for so long i i find that i really have to like be like as the dm starts describing a scene i'm like okay picture it now picture it (laughs) and like really i i find i find that it's really active anyway um and if i if i i'm not if i'm just kind of sitting there and listening to the dm like I, i would anyone speaking normally um I find that I, I I always I always end up asking questions that have already been answered. Do you like, do you guys all, all play for about four hours generally? Because I don't. I, I I guess we don't, I I don't often play for four hours, but um. Oh okay. I, you know I play for three three to four hours with a break in the middle and plenty of yeah because I you know there's plenty of there are plenty of times where we're not playing we're not solidly playing for that time. Mm, but. Absolutely. Yeah, but I, I've, a while back I've sort of switched to more like two hour games and it's I don't know just sort of. Uh, more of like a, a time constraint thing than anything else, but it, it just sort of reminds me that uh, my experience isn't like everybody else's. I don't know. I just sort of... We tend to go for kind of four to six hours, I'd say, on average. Um, Jeez. We, <laughs> I, I did once DM a 12 hour session. But... A 12, a 12 hour, hour session? session? A half yeah, a day? From <laughs> five in the afternoon to five in the morning. They basically Oof. ran through. It was it was a one shot, and they basically ran through an entire campaign I'd prepped for a group <laughs> that fell apart. So that was fun, but wow. not the norm. Um, but yeah, we tend to do four to six hours. But I think we would tend more towards kind of three hour sessions if we were meeting every week. But because we're kind of having to find times where we can, like we try and cram as much mm. in as we can. That's I guess really I play all my games weekly, so yeah. I'm I'm still mm. caught up on that you spent like a half of a whole human day, whole human Earth day, <laughs> playing D Three quarters of a wakefulness period. <laughs> a whole tech Sunday you spent playing D and D, and I'm jealous and also hoping that you had plenty of caffeine that that day. Yeah, caffeine and pizza. That was mm. the 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 two main things that kept it going. Caffeine, pizza, and vampires. The holy trinity, really. <laughs> Something I I find a lot as well. Uh, actually, like having separate players d- doing their own stuff. Um, it, although it's sort of previously as a DM, I thought that that would be lame uh, because people would just be sat waiting for one player to finish their little bit. But as a player, I've actually found that I quite enjoy it because I can kind of passively listen. Uh, like I I know I'm never like off looking at facebook or something while people are doing their stuff but i don't if i'm not actively like you know like i was saying like actively imagining the scene thinking about what i'm going to do you know all this uh if i'm just passively listening to like the story of what their character is doing right now i i really enjoy doing that and yeah um yeah it's a nice it it it, it it's a good way to pace things out uh as a player i think yeah i think as a player like you can kind of if you take your breaks where you can get them in a way like obviously if you have like a a break in the game that is good but if two of the characters are off doing something else like obviously pay attention but like take that time for yourself um to kind of rest up a bit because it can take a lot out of you and i hate sounding like every elementary school middle school high school slash college professor um, but, uh, I, I also know that I'm wanton for just doing things and I, as a player have to 
I have to turn off my phone and I have to close my computer because, like, I know that I get distracted super easy. And then it's harder to, like, make sure not only that your DM knows that you're paying attention, but the other players know that you're invested. And I've, like, especially for like, the game that I'm a player in now, it's hard because it's, like, when we plug here, do half damage... It's you have to have your computer open and you're talking into a microphone and nobody else can really see you. And so you're like, oh, yeah. the world of the Internet is at my fingers. Oh, no, this is only the second game of the campaign. I need to listen. Um, and so <laughs> I uh, oh, you can just listen to the podcast. Later. Oh, that's true. Never mind. <laughs> Ignore all of my advice. Just throw it away. Just yeah. record your session. This is why I say... Only, it, what, only if you're doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just record everything, all your sessions, mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. Uh, but I, I think that some, like, good... Like, if you're somebody who constantly needs to be doing something in order to pay attention, like like me, um, I think some good alternatives are um, making sure you have a notebook so at the very least, like, you can be constantly scribbling and you can still give people eye contact which is something that I do, or even just like by Play-Doh. And at that point, it's like you're paying, it's, you're able to pay attention while also concentrating on something else. And I want to say like a study, there is a psychological study. I don't know what study, <laughs> but there is a study done where if you're working on menial tasks, um, you have breakthroughs more often because you're doing something that doesn't take mm-hmm. a lot of brain power. And then you're able to like pay attention more easily, and then you're also able to find solutions quicker because you're not actively thinking about how to find the solution. Yeah. yeah, that's all. Yeah, it's all that um that subconscious psychology. It's the, the yeah the reason that programmers take cigarette breaks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't if you if you don't smoke, then you still take a cigarette break and just don't take a cigarette, uh, so that you can let yourself subconscious like you you just take a break and you let your kind of subconscious spend a while chewing on a problem yeah i do notice um with phones in particular there does seem to be something of like a ripple effect where if someone is on their phone it's suddenly okay for everyone else to be on their phone um i really really feel like phones are not okay (laughs) i i feel like it's difficult because yeah that's the thing spell apps are useful that's so good but it's no <laughs> it's difficult it's difficult to navigate <laughs> and i would yeah. say at that point you should the dungeon master has so many things on them already i know i use my phone if i need to look up a spell for a player really quick like delegating either have your player handbook ready have your spell cards in front of you or just be like hey dm could you look this up for me really quick I think the DM is really the only person who's allowed to have an excess of technology at the table. Yeah. Because they're a god. Yeah, I think I think you really want to yeah, like take every whenever whenever it's like I like I'm really yeah, I'm I'm kind of against the idea of people having like a a spell app. Like it's really like I will produce spell cards for you. <laughs> <laughs> I will handwrite index cards <laughs> with spell descriptions uh, mm-hmm. for you if it means that there will be no phones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, now we're kind of winding down in podcast with just a couple of minutes left. Uh, and I'm going to steal another book from Ismay's book that she keeps booked to her side at all times and 
book and some and other book metaphors. None of those are metaphors. Huh? Dark. Oh, okay. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Say again? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> the discord saved you sir <laughs> uh, i'm going to pull out my d4 and uh i would like us all to kind of talk about what you think the the most important thing a player can do for their dm we're gonna start with alfred uh, yeah so i mean i think the most important thing is to be act to have a character who is active within the world and try to be active I think I found this a lot when uh, when I started playing for the first time, when my DM would ask, like, you know, you have some downtime. Are you doing anything? And I'd be like, oh, God, I I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't have any. And, and that was a bad that was that was that was my bad. I think I, I think, you know, you should spend some time thinking about what your character wants to achieve and like what kind of things you want to be you want to be doing within the game, um, because it's a wide realm of imagination and you can do anything ish so yeah spend some time outside of the game or while you know other people are having their moments scribbling down ideas of like what kind of things you want to get up to i think yeah so yeah be active and have um things that you want to do if you get the chance very beautiful all right let's see that's gonna be rock i think for me the most important thing a player can do both for the dm and for other players is to be respectful and respect each other and each other's characters and creations um that doesn't mean you can't rip the absolute shit out of each other you definitely can but little things like if a character makes a decision you or your character are not happy with talk to that character and not that player um, or if you disagree with the DM's ruling, by all means, bring it up, but you don't bring it up by being like, uh, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Um, <laughs> like, if everyone goes into the game with an attitude of kind of healthy respect to each other, then everything goes so much smoother. Beautiful. All right, and that's between me and Kai. Ah, oh, and it's me. Okay, I would say the best thing that you can do for your DM is be willing to say yes if even if you don't agree or you don't think that the um the hook to get you into your campaign is very strong i think the worst thing you can do is just tell them yeah but what's my motivation or tell them that you don't really feel like that's a good enough cause you also as a player have the responsibility to find that on your own the dm supplies you with so many hooks and so many venues that it's it's kind of a dick move just to be like, no, I'm not feeling it today. It's more, okay, maybe my character doesn't feel that inclined, but there's something more driving them to do A, B, or C. And I think any DM would appreciate that. I know I would. <laughs> so that's that's my piece of advice. Uh, and then Kai, what's, what's your piece? Uh, uh, someone's more... Um... More directed towards newer players. Um, one thing I noticed is a lot of people, they go online and they, they watch videos and listen to advice <laughs> podcasts and they get um, uh, really stressed about uh, the fact that oh, it's, it's, it's a role-playing game, it's super important, I've got to make an amazing character and all that and I've got to 
staying character the whole time, and uh, they get sort of stressed about uh, being a good player and all that. And so uh, I'm just just trying to remind people it's it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. Just like don't listen to all of our advice. It's probably wrong anyway. <laughs> Uh, it's probably fine. Don't do listen to us. It's a good podcast. Like, give us five stars on iTunes. <laughs> but uh, donate to the Patreon. Give us five stars on iTunes. Share us, us with your friends. Like the Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's just relax. It's all right. It's a game. Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're all we're we're only here talking about D and D because we think it's fun and we want it to be fun for you too. And with that being said, <laughs> I was just gonna say, there's no right way to play. Uh, there might be some wrong ways, but there's definitely no right. <laughs> so don't worry, you'll find more wrong ways before you find your right way, and by that time you'll just be a you'll be a star star player. With with that, uh, we have some plugs from our from our peeps. Alfred, would you like to give us your plug? <laughs> My plug is for the twooch. Uh, uh, I'm on Twitch.tv/pennyblue. Uh, if you want to hang out with me, um, and. Yeah, and you can find links to my Twitter and stuff like that, uh, where you can ask me any question you desire. <laughs> Such as, who is the sexiest monster in D&D? And you can tell them Emily sent you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, Alfred, what, who is it? I have been asked that question directly. <laughs> and? <laughs> and? And, well... I mean, this, this this is a question that requires a lot of deliberation. I can't, I can't possibly answer. Gelatinous cube. <laughs> there's a joke about that in a play called she kills monsters and they talk about how it's so so smooth (laughs) and that's all i can think about (laughs) Uh, kai you also have a plug for us and maybe a sexy monster i do i don't know uh first off my plug is um i've got two actually um I do a podcast with my brother uh, called Brothers in Time. It's a Doctor Who fancast. I've mentioned it on the show before. And we, my brother and I just sort of um, talk shit about Doctor Who, but good good shit. It's good. The, I've also been uh, guest starring on another podcast um, recently. I don't think it's out yet, but it'll be coming out pretty soon. It's called Shattered Worlds, and it's um, by, uh, by a guy called Jeff Richardson, who's actually creating his own game system called shattered worlds and i've been playing that it's a sci-fi fantasy mashup it's it's great oh, that's really cool and what's what's your sexy monster oh um ancient ancient blue dragon sure Ooh, going for the 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 dragons i like it it was the foot honestly it's the first monster I it's, <laughs> <my life. laughs> it's okay and also twitterverse you can ask you can ask kai what his favorite sexy monster is later and you will have to tweet at us and tell us how you think about it I don't think I've ever given my Twitter on the show. Oh, you haven't. Well, you can find him on Twitter, maybe. Or you can just... You can. You literally just search my name. It's the first Or you can just tweet at us and tell us what you think his favorite sexy monster is. Hashtag who your monster, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that will be trending. (laughs) And then uh, to to, to wrap plagues, plagues. Sure. To wrap flags up for us. <laughs> um, you can... <laughs> what, what, what? I don't know anymore. Um... <laughs> like fast and loose for the English language here. You can find chat. us on Twitter. Uh, Twitter at crit underscore chat. 
And you can talk to us there by tagging us or using hashtag critchat or who you, who you monster babe. Uh, and you can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash crit chat, which is all one word and, uh, see what shit we're posting in the week as well as getting updates for the episodes. And whenever you're listening, uh, if you go in the description and you can go in the description and find our discord channel in the discussion as well, and the link to our SoundCloud, which hopefully you found because you're listening to this, um, where you can listen to and download previous episodes as well as giving us a like and a follow. And you can also find us on iTunes by searching Crit Chat and Podcasts and leave a five-star review for this five-star show. And be sure to follow Ismay at a Teacup Gamer on Twitch to watch us live. Uh, we're, uh, we'll still be doing recorded podcasts next week where Alfred will be our glorious host. See mm-hmm. you next Saturday. Uh, with that being said, I've been Emily. I've been Alfred. I've been Robbie. And I've been Kai. And you've been listening to Crit Chat. See you later. Join us live on Twitch, Tuesdays at 5pm on A Teacup Gamer.